Hi everyone, welcome to the Gigi Tetas podcast. My name is Stacy. I am a Gigi Teta, and this is my podcast. In today's episode, we are looking at part two of Jiu-Jitsu Terms Explained. And this topic in general came as a special request by my sister who suggested it in the first place. And part two came about after I had put some questions up on Instagram asking people if they thought I should include some other examples of, of terms that maybe I skipped over that time or just didn't think to include at all. And so I do have a list of terms that people asked for, which I will explain today. And again, I'm going to go in alphabetical order. So this time there won't be quite as many terms as last time, but we will hopefully fill in some of the gaps that may have happened from the last episode and hopefully answer the questions that people have. Okay, so first suggested term is body lock. A body lock is a technique that generally involves your arms around your opponent's torso and your head in their shoulder or chest area. This could be from standing, so like the body lock takedown, or it could be from the ground, so like the body lock pass. This is also known as a clinch. So if your instructors are like, okay, like do the like safe clinch. If you're practicing self-defense, you go in, do the safe clinch. It's basically a body lock. Next, bump. This could be a couple of things. This could be the bump as in a fist bump, you know, like a slap bump, like I explained last time. Or it could be the bump as in the bump and turn, which is an escape from bottom mount where you trap up the same side arm and leg, bridge your hips up, and then turn over. So bump and turn. So we're actually skipping all the way down to letter F. So we had a couple of terms for B. Now we're doing F. And the term for this letter is frame. So a frame is a way to create and keep space between you and your partner. This is usually achieved through the arms and or the legs. A lot of times you'll see frames from bottom side control or side mount. You use your forearms to create a frame to keep your opponent's body weight from crushing you. This is generally what the frame is for. You help distribute your opponent's weight through your frames so that you're not bearing the brunt of it like on your body, generally on your chest or diaphragm where you're breathing. Next, letter G. And the first one is the gi. This was a special request by my sister. She was like, what is a gi? The gi is the uniform that we wear. Sometimes it's called a kimono, spelled K-I-M-O-N-O. We generally, or at least I generally refer to it as a gi, spelled G-I, gi. This is our uniform. It consists of an like an open jacket. There's no buttons or closures or anything. There's an open jacket and a pair of loose drawstring trousers. Most geese will have patches bearing the logo of the organization or the school that you train under. And because there's no buttons or closures, the way that you keep it closed is you tie your belt around your waist. Your belt is what keeps your, your gi jacket closed. And I talked a bit about tying your belt, how to put your gi on, things like that, back in episode six, I believe. Next, grading. So grading is being promoted to the next stripe on your belt or to be promoted to the next level of belt. So if you're getting graded, you generally will be receiving, you know, one, sometimes two stripes. 
Um, and then if you're due for your next belt, if you're being graded, you would then take off your old belt. And a lot of times people will hang it around their neck and then their professor ties the new belt around their waist. Next, letter H. For letter H, I have hook. This is usually in reference to an underhook. And this is when you swim your arm under your opponent's arm. Um, this will give you better control. You really want like a nice deep underhook in general. Um, usually aim for getting your shoulder kind of up into the armpit. Um, this helps give you better control of your opponent. There's also an overhook, which is generally used when standing. Generally. I mean, that's not to say you can't use overhooks when you're, you know, in guard or whatever. But generally it's used a lot when standing um, for control. This is how you can sweep your partner, do takedowns and things. Now, hooks could also refer to when your feet or your heels are on kind of the front of your partner's hips. You know, so if you're trying to perform a back take, you want to have your hooks in. Otherwise, it doesn't count as a back take if you're doing competitive um, sport jujitsu. Next, we're scrolling down to letter L. This is the lapel. The lapel is basically the inside open flaps of your gi jacket. It's the part that comes down in front of your chest, the part of the gi jacket that goes behind your neck, that's your collar. But the lapels are everything that kind of comes down the sides of your chest and then down to the end of the, the jacket. That's your lapel. Next, we have letter M, which is mat. The mats are the training space. Um, when we train, we are always on cushioned mats to help absorb the impact and reduce injuries because when we're training we are repetitively falling break falling taking down things like that over and over and over again so the impact of that would be really detrimental to the body if we didn't have really nice kind of cushioned mats to help us now in general i think you could have any sort of little cushioned mat thing and call that your mat because the mat is really the training space. We have really nice mats at my school, <laughs> which I'm really grateful for because they really help to um, absorb and, and like redirect impact after getting thrown. I've seen other places use like those. Have you guys ever been to the store and you see those like puzzle shaped kind of thin mats, I guess, that people are supposed to put down for like when they're kids, like their little toddlers and babies and stuff are playing? I've seen people put some of those together and try to do jujitsu on them, and I personally do not recommend that. I do not recommend that. Please don't do that. Those are not going to help you guys at all. They are not going to absorb any impact. Do not practice throws and takedowns on mats like that. That's not jujitsu grade material, <laughs> you guys, so please don't do that, okay? When you walk into your school... If they talk about being on the mats, if any jujitsu person talks about being on the mats or whatever, generally they're talking about being at the school, training on the mats, and the mats are nice, hopefully cushioned, help absorb impact, and it's your, it's your training space. Okay, so speaking of mats, next we have letter O, and for letter O, it's open mat. So basically an open mat is a time where any students of your school can come to drill, practice, or even just hang out with each other with other students. Um, this is a very informal time. It's not a class. There's no structure. 
and sh- you just show up in your gi or sometimes in with you know without your gi top on you would just um, show up for no gi practice and you just do what you want to do sometimes like for open mats at my school a lot of times people will text each other and be like hey I'm gonna go to open mat do you want to come with me and we can like drill this or we can just spar for this or you know whatever and people will do that next we have letter p and this is pass so generally passing is referring to passing somebody's guard which i talked about last time guard involves having your opponent's feet or legs between you and them so in order to pass your opponent's guard you have to get around their legs which and that's what a pass is if you successfully pass your opponent's guard, that means you get around their legs and you get to their upper body, their torso, their hips, their shoulders, that kind of thing. Next for letter P is post. So generally a post is when you put your arm or your leg or even your head onto the mat for extra stability so that you don't get rolled over, you don't kind of fall. Well, not really fall, it's more, this is all for groundwork. You never ever stick your arm or leg out when you're being thrown, like you just, you break fall properly. What I mean is like if you're doing groundwork and you're in danger of being swept or if you're in danger of being reversed and you're just like, I don't want to go over, then you would post. You would put your arm or your leg or your head down, depending on the position you're in. You would put those down as a way to block your opponent from rolling you over. Next is the letter S. And I do have a few for S. Some of these are by request, and then some of them I just figured it would be a good thing to talk about. So the first one for S is seatbelt. The seatbelt hold is a style of control from back mount. You could probably get a seatbelt from somewhere else, but this is where I've always seen it. The person on the back will put one arm over their opponent's shoulder, and their other arm goes under the opponent's other arm. So it literally looks like a seatbelt strap. It's like an over-under, and then your arms, if you're the person on the back, your arms are acting like the seatbelt. Like, you know, there's one over the shoulder, and then there's one kind of under the armpit. Next is submit or submission. So if you submit somebody, this is when you successfully execute a technique, so like a choke or an armbar, etc., to the point that the other person will tap. A submission is the noun form of that. It's it's the thing that makes a person tap. When you submit, it's like you can try submissions. You can try various um, techniques like joint locks like I talked about last time, chokes that I talked about last time. You can try all those things, but if you don't do them properly, then the, your opponent's not going to tap because they're not effective. So you'll know when your opponent taps that you've submitted them and that you've done it properly. Next for letter S is stripe. The stripes you have are the the degrees on your belt. Um, So it's usually, for adults, it's those um, thin white stripes on the little end piece. There's always, on every adult belt, there's the color of your belt. And then at the end, there's, um, how long is that? It's like, I don't know, like six inches of black fabric. And that's where all your stripes will go. And so, and so you have the black fabric from white belt through brown belt. And then once you reach black belt, your fabric is red. And so this is where your um, degrees, 
your belt degrees go. If you don't have any stripes, that just means you don't have any stripes yet on your belt. And then when you get stripes, they will go on that little patch of fabric on the end of your belt. Adult belting, you'll get up to four stripes on every belt. So you'll have anywhere from zero to four stripes on any color belt, except for black. Four is the maximum, and then after four, you would be graduated or promoted, like I talked about earlier, graduated to the next belt color up. For black, you get up to six stripes before going to the next belt, which I think is the black and red belt. Um, for example, right now, I'm a brown belt with zero stripes, so I have, I'm a zero degree brown belt. Once I get my first stripe, I'll be a first degree brown belt, stuff like that. Which, but I don't know, we don't really call them degrees in my school. We just call them stripes. It's like, how many stripes do you have? Zero, one, two, three, or four, kind of a thing. Next for letter S, seminar. So a seminar is a special event that's hosted by your school um, in which guest professors will come and teach you techniques, share knowledge. In a lot of cases, I know for my school and our affiliated schools, we do this this way, is that the belt gradings, for the adult belt gradings will tend to happen during our seminars. So, you know, you come to a seminar, it's because it's a special event is the idea behind it. It's like a special event. We have like most of the school gathered together. And so this is also when we will just do a lot of the gradings at the same time. If you're due for one, if you're not due for one, then you won't get graded, but you'll just have an awesome seminar. But if you're due for a grading, then you'll have whatever grade you need to get. So then you'll, you'll do that. And last... But not least in this little pop-up bonus episode is letter T, tap. Because I've been talking about tap, tapping, make your opponent tap, like this and that, the other. And my sister was very confused by this. She's like, what do you mean by tap? What exactly is that? So let me explain. A tap is a physical indicator to your partner that they have successfully executed the technique and that you feel the pressure in your joint or you feel the choke kind of closing off your neck. You would give like two to three firm taps with your hand on your partner's body to indicate that they should stop, right? Because I'd said that back in episode six, tap means stop. You would tap like, I don't know if you could hear that, but you like I just tapped with my hand on my own arm. You just tap, you want to do it firmly. Like you're not like smacking each other, but you do want to do it firmly so that they can feel that this is an actual tap and it's not like you trying to grab at them to to get out of the the technique or something that you're trying to get out of the position that they can identify it as a very clear this is a tap you need to stop so it's generally accepted that you can tap like with your hand on your partner's body or you can tap with your hand on the floor with your foot on the floor or even with your voice by saying the word tap I personally always recommend that you tap firmly on your partner's body so that they know that you are tapping to their technique. Okay, because sometimes classes can be really busy and noisy and it can be confusing to know who's tapping to what if everybody's just like pounding on the floor. So again, I recommend that you tap firmly and clearly on your partner's body so that they know you are tapping to them. And that's what a tap is. And that's the end of the list. So also thank you so much to my patron on Patreon, Anne Foster. She's the host of Vulgar History Podcast. You can find Vulgar History anywhere you find podcasts. I have been listening to Vulgar History for a few years. I love it. I 
really enjoy listening to Anne. So if you enjoy this podcast and you're interested in history, um, you can check out Vulgar History. It's a feminist women's history comedy podcast hosted by Anne Foster. And that's going to, I'm going to link that in the description below. And I really appreciate your support. Thank you for supporting me. And I, of course, want to support you as well. And, oh, speaking of Patreon. Okay, so this is a new thing. So in my kind of teeny tiny hiatus, sort of, I have come up with a a new idea, a new thing that I'm going to be doing for patrons on my Patreon that are purple belt and up. And the thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys early unedited access to the interviews that I do. I'm calling it raw and unedited share your story. And so I have been doing a lot of interviews over the past few months with the ladies that I train with at my school. And I'm planning for their season to come out sometime in the fall of this year, 2023. And it's going to be called the share your story season, season two. Purple belts and up on Patreon. You guys are going to get those interviews in their entirety, like without the editing. So you're going to hear all of the uhs and ums. You're going to hear all of the the giggles and the tangents and the laughter, all of the background noise, whatever's in there. <laughs> um, like I did one at a library and there was like, there was somebody with like a phone or something outside the room we were in. And then I did one outside and there was like a kid with like a skateboard or whatever. So you know what? You're just going to hear that stuff. But you're also going to get the whole entire conversation, everything, months before the season even comes out. So I'm going to upload one of those a month to Patreon for patrons who are Purple Belt and up. And the first one's going to go up in July. So if you're interested in exclusive bonus content, Patreon is the place to go. And yeah, this is basically the end of season one. I have one more planned. And so that episode is, I believe that one's going to be the the last one. That's going to be the end of season one. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe we're already here. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. This is basically the end of season one. Thank you for sticking with me, you guys. I really hope that you've been enjoying the content so far, the discussions, and again, like I am on Instagram. That is really the place to find me. That's where I'm the most active. If you have requests or you want to talk to me about something or if you're just like, you forgot to say that, DM me on Instagram, y'all. DM me on Instagram. You can also email me if you aren't an, a social media person. If you're just like, I don't care about that social media stuff, then email me, jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com. You can email me and just be like, hey, you forgot about this. Or, hey, this will be a really cool thing for you to talk about. I also have a Facebook page that I try really hard to keep up with. Every time I have something interesting to post or some notifications, then I put it there. Um, I've got two Instagrams, one for the podcast itself and then one for me as a Jujitera. It's called Jujitera. <laughs> so come find me over there. Um, usually with Jujitera... Instagram account, I try to post stuff about like just me as an athlete. Um, I try to remember to post stories whenever I'm going to the gym. Sometimes I forget and then I post something later because I forgot, but yeah, whatever. 
you know, notices about jujitsu things happening at my academy or the affiliated academies, um, highlights of people doing cool things, just stuff like that. So if that sounds interesting to you, then come follow me over there and we can hang out together. All right, this is it. End of episode number 10 and penultimate episode of season one. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast, give it a rating, and leave me a review. If you have any questions for me, or if there's something you want me to talk about, then DM me on Instagram at Podcast. Or email me at jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com. These will all be linked in the show notes below. See you next time.